you're listening to the final episode of this mini-series on global peasant-led struggles. This episode is a soundscape of reflections that went out live on Asif Radio on the 7th of November during COP26. For this episode, we gathered panellists from Spain, Puerto Rico, Canada, Germany and the UK to further discuss the struggle and how Indigenous peoples, pastoralists, fishers, migrant workers and many more marginalised communities around the world are on the front lines of the climate crisis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Present power! from the global peasant-led struggles uh, discussion here at the People's Summit um, and we've kind of come in for a bit of reflection on what has just been discussed um, and I guess the main topics that we were kind of talking about when we were in there were the effects of the climate crisis in all of the different countries that um, you come from and the movements that you represent um, and I guess their actions from the kind of global grassroots peasant movement um, and I think it, Jesse it was you who, who said this in there but one of the lines that really uh, sort of stood out to me during the discussion was that indigenous peoples are on the front lines of the climate crisis um, and yeah that, that kind of felt like a really poignant um, sentence to kind of describe what we were discussing uh, and I don't know if you guys sort of have reflections on that yeah, thanks. Um, that's definitely something that myself and a lot of other settler farmers in Canada are, are reckoning with, and it's really been the indigenous peoples across so-called Canada that have been um, moving for working towards climate justice for, you know, forever, because it's within their knowledge that um, the solutions can really be found and when we talk about you know the struggles against the corporate capture of all of these UN systems their voices are really the ones that are missing and so as as food producers as farmers um, we really need to uplift their rights um, we cannot speak on their behalf but we have to ensure that uh, they're at the front of our conversations and that they actually get a chance to to speak as well and I think that's why um, when I mentioned the Declaration on the Rights of Peasants that it's really a complement to the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples and together I think that food producers and Indigenous peoples can can have rights that are complementary and uh, allow for for food sovereignty for all. It is Indigenous peoples um, people of color globally who are most impacted by the climate crisis and it was the SIDS or small island developing states who first raised the alarm 30 years ago and I know we have a Caribbean farmer here who can probably give us more insight. <laughs> no? Introduce yourself please. Um. Saludos. Uh, my name is Marisa Reyes. I'm from Puerto Rico, a farmer at the north part of the island. And uh, sorry for being late. <laughs> um, I think you're talking about frontline uh, 
people, especially indigenous from from Puerto Rico. We lost we lost a lot of our indigenous, but there are a lot that are resistant in the center and also the peasants uh, are also resistant in the center of the island because the the rich people just keep um, taking all the easy easy parts of the island the coast the the uh, yeah the coastland around the island so uh, we want as a as an organization, as a community, how we help each other, how we increase the solidar solidarity, how we work together is part of our uh, resistance, especially from the center to the coast, and how we access to land again, how we access to water, how we uh, guarantee the resistance in the land because the island is our and nobody can take us. So that's, that's uh, I think, the, the biggest struggle uh, on, from Puerto Rico. Yeah, especially from, um, we call gringos, sorry for <laughs> North Americans. Um, <laughs> and I think everybody knows <laughs> from where came that word. Uh, because they are taking everything by the past and we don't want that. So that's why we are resistant from the center to the coast. Maybe what I could add is um, the work that we are building together in alliance. I mean, um, the indigenous peoples are indeed uh, frontline communities. We also have other uh, uh, communities suffering um, quite uh, quite heavily uh, and I would say the the peasants communities the fisher communities the pastoralist communities no they also face uh, daily uh, the impacts of climate change no um, and uh, I think uh, we as uh, food and agriculture uh, or, or better saying the food sovereignty movement have been building an alliance which is called the International Planning Committee for Food uh, Sovereignty, uh, the so-called IPC, where we try to uh, articulate our, our struggles and we try to uh, strategize um, our resistance you know, towards um, uh, so coming together from these different constituencies that are facing uh, heavily, for example, the impacts of climate change, but also the impacts of uh, of corporate capture of uh, agriculture, corporate corporate capture uh, of uh, governance uh, structures, um, and 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 many other uh, many other uh, threats that we are facing. So that uh, from the understanding that uh, building alliances uh, make us much more powerful, unites us and make our voice uh, uh, stronger uh, in, uh, governance space, in governance spaces, but also uh, making our voices uh, stronger uh, towards the civil society, the, 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 other, the other members in the society, let's say, so that uh, we can build a movement uh, which is strong and can really um, 
achieve change, no, uh, because we cannot only wait for policymakers, because we know very well that policymakers, uh, especially the ones coming from uh, rich countries, uh, are cooperating quite a lot with these corporations, with these philanthropists, no, and are not really looking for uh, the solutions that the people need, that the planet needs, because it's not only about humanity, it's uh, it's about humanity, but it's also about respecting the right of Mother Earth. It's about thinking in terms of future generations and not only our uh, lives in this planet, no? And so we have to build these alliances, and I think the International Planning Committee for Food Sovereignty is playing a very important role, and, um, and we are, starting to organize a process uh, uh, for, for all these changes, the, the, the so-called Nileni uh, process, Nileni process, the, uh, a global process uh, for food sovereignty. And I think it's important that everybody is aware that, um, that we want to build uh, um, yeah, this movement and strategize together and uh, to come together 2023 uh, with a broader movement that is intersectional um, and can really uh, yeah, uh, uh, develop or, or, or come up with uh, strong strategies to counter um, what we are facing heavily in the global scenario today and which has strong impacts at our territories, uh, uh, strong impact in our daily life. Estamos hablando de la violación del derecho al consentimiento libre e informado, que está en la declaración de los derechos de los pueblos indígenas. Y eso se hace con el consentimiento de los gobiernos. No solo estamos hablando del saqueo permanente de la colonización de los últimos siglos, sino de la colonización moderna, donde el acaparamiento de tierras diseñado por Bill Gates en África hace 10 años ¿eh? había hecho una radiografía de 900 millones de hectáreas para acaparar con el argumento del hambre en el mundo, con el argumento de la producción de alimentos. We are talking about the violation of the rights, rights such as the uh, free and prior uh, informed consent. And we are also talking about uh, UNDRIPT, the declaration for the indigenous peoples. And um, it's about uh, the past colonization and it's also about uh, the consent that uh, was uh, based on this past colonization. And it's also about land grabbing, um, because uh, 10 years ago, the Bill Gates Foundation decided that uh, they would map 900,000 uh, uh, hectares just to see if they could uh, deal with that. And um, so mainly we are talking about all these issues. Eh, acaparamiento de tierras en África, en Asia, con la excusa del aceite de palma o, o eh, con la excusa de los recursos mineros o incluso con la excusa de especulación, fondos de inversión, fondos de pensiones del mundo rico que invierten esperando que suba, eh, suban los precios. 
Al final, lo que estamos hablando es la importancia de que los movimientos sociales construyan una alianza rural, urbana, para empujar eh, las verdaderas soluciones a los problemas que tenemos de, eh, para una producción eh, sostenible y desde un enfoque de la soberanía alimentaria y desde la agroecología. En definitiva, un concepto amplio de sostenibilidad, no las falsas soluciones que vemos en cada cumbre y, por supuesto, en la de cum cumbre de Glasgow también. So it's about land grabbing in Africa, in Asia. It's used as an excuse, and we see also the issue of the palm oil or uh, mining. Especially, we also see the issue um, that arises from the hedge funds that uh, they use uh, because they are talking about the increase in, in prices. And it's also about the importance of social movements, and it's also uh, about finding the right solutions from the grassroots for sustainable production and it's also about ensuring for food sovereignty and agroecology and um, this is uh, uh, the right solution and it's not it's not about finding uh, or it's not about um, agreeing with the four solutions that uh, they uh, decide i'm aware of time so maybe we could do a quick go around of just two words that you're sort of going to take away from from what we've discussed Solidarity and love. People's power. <laughs> <laughs> Movement building. Well, uh, <laughs> well, I will add um, our ecology and um, alliance. Globalize the struggle. That's three. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't count. Alianzas entre el medio rural y el medio urbano. The alliances between the rural and urban environments. <laughs> Two words. Ya se había dicho. No, but uh, urban and rural. Ah. Urban and rural. Yeah. Well, um, we, so we, we have another segment coming up, but I'd just like to say thank you very much um, to the group for coming well, in and talking with us. I mean, I'm really sort of moved by the, um, the sort of plurality of the, 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 the voices here and the, the, the sort of passion of the voices and, and the sense of these kind of detailed, um, grounded knowledges. You know, that come. And I, it would be really nice if we could make more time for you guys to come on the radio and really unpick some of those things. Because it feels like a tantalizing introduction mm -hmm. to something that we all need to know more about. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can say thank you for now and, and come back soon. Please come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you. Viva! Thank you for listening to the Landworkers Alliance COP26 podcast series. If you want to find out more about our work at COP26 or in the wider movement of food and seed sovereignty, then head to our website or follow us on social media at the Landworkers Alliance. If you're a land worker or supporter of the agroecology movement here in the UK, you can sign up as a member and join us in the fight for climate and land justice. If you're based elsewhere, check out La Via Campesina, the global peasant-led movement of over 200 million farmers, foresters and land workers. With warmth and in solidarity, until next time. Bye, everyone!